0: Welcome to Fitch's Global Economic Outlook podcast for March 2018. I'm James McCormack, Head of the Sovereign Team, and I'm here with Brian Colton, Fitch's Chief Economist. We've just published a new set of forecasts and one of the biggest changes, Brian, since our last GEO has been in US fiscal policy. That relates to both the revenue side and the spending side. Can you give us some numbers on just how important the change in fiscal policy is uh, with respect to growth and the growth outlook for 2018?
1: Our previous forecast uh, for, the, for the US had already factored in uh, quite a significant fiscal easing in 2018 and 2019 on the tax side. But what we actually saw past late December of last year was a little bit bigger than that, more like 0.7% of GDP in, in 2018 and 2019. I think previously we've been assuming 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.6. So we had to add a bit of growth uh, from from that. But the biggest surprise really was on the spending side. We, we didn't anticipate such a big increase in the dis- discretionary spending envelope for 2018 and 2019. So, when you add both of those thing- things up, you are probably looking like an overall fiscal easing in the US uh, on, the f- on the federal side over the next couple of years, maybe one and a half to one and three quarter percent of GDP. Now, we don't think the fiscal multiplier is as high as one, and we th- certainly think it's fallen since, uh, say, 2011, 2012, when it would have been a much more powerful impact on, on real activity. But nevertheless, we still think it's you know it's probably in the order of 0.6 or 0.7. So we're probably going to be adding maybe 1% to the level of GDP cumulatively from this fiscal easing over the course of 2018 and 2019. Now, as I say, some of that was already in our baseline, uh, but the spending side wasn't. And the spending side is probably going to kick in more in 2019. And that's where we've made the biggest upward revision to our growth forecast. So for 2018, we're now expecting 2.7% growth in the US. That's up by 02 since the December GEO for 2019 though we're now expecting 2.5 percent growth that's up by 0.3 since the, the December GEO So we, we've probably added half percent to the level of GDP from this extra extra fiscal uh, extra fiscal spent fiscal okay. boost.
0: Yeah, that's a big adjustment in a relatively short period of time. As growth in the US and, and Europe picks up we haven't really talked about Europe but as growth in the US and Europe pick up it looks like China is actually slowing down. So how do we think about the, the impact of a slower growth in China from a global perspective?
1: Well, we certainly do think growth in China is going to slow. I mean, we already saw that through the second half of last year. Growth peaked on a sequential basis in the second quarter, 1.9%, and then dipped to about one6 Our forecast has it stepping down a little bit further, one5 one4 sequentially. So it's, it's quite mild. But when we look at the high-frequency data, we see a clear slowdown in credit growth. The metric that we use grew by about 13% in, uh, over the course of 2018, uh, 2017. Uh, that was down from about 16% through through 2016. We've seen a continued slowdown in investment growth, and we've seen housing sales second half of last year more, more or less stabilise, a so growth, growth around zero. All of those things suggest to us that further slowdown is in the cards. And I think where also there's been a little bit of a surprise since our last forecast by December is the government has probably been a bit more concerted in its efforts to tighten macro prudential policies, to rein in the growth of shadow finance, slow down mortgage lending. They've been sort of dabbing the brakes a little bit harder than maybe we expected and a little bit longer than, than, than we expected. That sort of cements that view that, that of the further slowdown. On the other hand, the external picture is clearly stronger, as we just discussed, the US. So we, we've edged up our 2018 forecast to 6.5 from from 6.4, but it's still a slowdown from 6.9. It's not a very aggressive slowdown. From a global perspective, China growing at six and a half versus China going at six and three quarter, seven doesn't really make a big difference. The, the, the weight of China's growing every year, it's still adding a huge amount to global growth for, for such a big economy to be growing uh, at, at that speed. But any negative news out of China does have a big impact on sentiment globally and, and on emerging markets. And what you've got to remember, you know, 2017 was the first year that growth actually increased in China since 2010. And, you know, that took a lot of the worries about China away from the market. As China starts to slow down again, albeit mild, you know I, I think the risk of it, some sort of turning sentiment to China could be a bit more significant, and that and that could that could amplify the amplify the effects. We don't think growth will slow much further than that, though, because the government again recently has reaffirmed that 6.5% growth is, is their target. You know they're, they're only they making these tightening efforts because growth is 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 above where they're comfortable with. So should it threaten to go much beyond 6.5, I think we'd probably see. Bit of a change in tone from the government on the on the macroprudential and side. A change in policy response. In, uh, in addition, that's that's right. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably see some easing. You know, two steps forward, one step back. We probably we've had the two steps forward. We'll probably get the one step back if growth looks like it's slowing down. You know, in terms of the reform and the restructuring and the deleveraging agenda.
0: Okay, the GEO uh, this time around talks about the weaker dollar in in 2017. A couple of reasons why we might expect to see a reversal of that. In 2018, can you give us a couple of details on our view of the dollar?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably easy just to sort of look a, look back at 2017 to, to answer that, which was a surprise to us. The dollar weakened, uh, whereas we thought it would it would it would remain remain strong. We've struggled to understand it, to be honest, a little bit. Interest rate differential was wide in the U.S. favor last year. Policy mix has shifted from. Uh, you know, to, to lose fiscal policy, tighter monetary policy. In the past, that change in the policy mix has led to a, a strong dollar. So there's a couple of different explanations kicking around out there as to, as to what, what was behind it. Now, one explanation is it's all about the US trade protectionism agenda and a weaker dollar is a way to uh, to, to reduce the U.S. Uh, trade deficit, comments by Treasury Secretary Mnuchin you know, kind of ga- gave that theory some weight. I mean, if you believe that, then the dollar should should weaken further because this macro policy mix we see is is likely to lead to a higher U.S. trade deficit, all else equal. So, if that view is correct, then expect further dollar weakness. But we don't put so much weight on on, on that view. I, I think maybe as an explanation, which is actually. Possibly it was about the fact that in 2017, the biggest positive surprises in the world economy were away from the US, particularly the eurozone growth picture was much stronger than any of us expected 12 months ago. And and that was, to some extent, reflected in interest differentials, not in the sort of traditional form, but in terms of how those interest differentials were, were changing over time. And particularly, you know, there's been some research published which has looked at how the expected change in interest rates from today to to where rates will be in three years time how that metric evolved over 2017 and what you had in 2017 in the US was the Fed raising the policy rate, but long-term rates not really moving up very much? Not until right at the end of the year. So you sort of had a, 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 a decline in the expected increase in Fed rates over time as the year went as the year went year went by as the policy rate rose and longer-term rates didn't as the yield curve flattened. You had the opposite happen in the eurozone. So you had three-year forward interest rates in the eurozone rising. Uh, to about 50 basis points, so that had previously been negative, but there was no change in the ECB policy rate. So the expected change over a three-year horizon in ECB interest rates moved up. So you had this sort of relative steepening of the eurozone yield curve, and when you plot that against the currency movements, it actually does track it, track it quite well. So if you if you buy that story and you roll it forward, well, uh, it's going to be harder for the so surprises to come out of the eurozone again, because we've now all ratcheted up our growth forecasts. So just as a means of arithmetic, it's not going to be easy. So easy to get a positive surprise on eurozone growth. We also continue to have a view that the Fed will raise rates faster than the market. We've got seven rate hikes uh, penciled in from the Fed over the next between now and the end of 2019, that's significantly higher than, than than the market's expecting. And we do think there's got to be some impact on the, t- the term premium um, as the Fed shrinks its balance sheet. So all those things would actually suggest that they would probably see a, a renewal of, of some, some renewed steepening in the US yield curve, some, some restoration of that of that interest differential. So that suggests to me that probably some of this recent weakness in the dollar will will, will, will be reversed. Could could looser U.S. fiscal policy also contribute to that, higher longer term U.S. interest rates as well? I think certainly. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot more issuance from from the Treasury as the the deficit uh, has has increased. Looser fiscal stance is is going to add to domestic demand pressures, is, is going to add to the risk of the risk of rising inflation. So there are a lot of things sort of adding up to me uh, to suggest that uh, the, the US, US rates are, are likely to, to, to probably see a bigger shock in 20, 2018, 2019 uh, than was the case in last year. And I think that should be dollar positive.
0: I think those will be issues we talk about as the year goes along. Finally, the report mentions a couple of key risks for uh, for 2018. So what are they? What are the key risks that you, you see and what are the macro implications from them?
1: Well, I, I guess what's become an important risk Risk now and still not our central case but you know if we were to get a sharp increase in wage and consumer price core, core consumer price inflation in the U.S. at this juncture, where the Fed is only really now just sort of stepping up the pace of tightening, is still running a very loose monetary regime at this at this point. And, you know, given how low unemployment has fallen to uh, in in the U.S., uh, you know th- there are labor shortages being reported by more and more firms. If that was to translate into a, a dramatic increase in wage inflation, and quite often inflation does go that way, we think it's dead, and then suddenly it comes back quite quickly. That would actually be quite disrupting at this juncture, given how how obviously loose monetary policy is at at this moment, that would suggest that the Fed perhaps are behind the curve um, and would need to make some quick adjustments to interest rates that would be growth negative. I I think that is probably quite quite high up on the list of of, of key things to watch in, in, in 2018 in terms of potential risk to growth. The other one you mentioned in the report is protectionism. You want to say a word about? about Obviously, that? uh, yeah, that's that's on uh, on on everybody's agenda. I I guess you know we don't really view the recent measures on steel as, as a big negative for for global growth in 2018 2019. Just as the numbers involved, uh, U.S. steel imports 50 billion dollars, so it's not it's just not large enough in its scale. But it does look as if there's going to be some uh, more aggressive measures towards China coming uh, coming fairly soon. There's there's increased talk about the, the concerns about intellectual property theft uh, from from the US and, and those concerns seem to be getting more serious and, and more significant I think we will see some measures there on the on the assumption that whatever measures we get still are specific to products you know maybe certain sectors still don't think it's going to start affecting our forecast but obviously for each measure you know the risk of retaliation and this snowball into something more serious uh, definitely goes up so it's definitely a rising risk again something we'll revisit as the year goes on I'm sure
0: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for joining us today, and the next podcast in this series will be in June.